Well, you know the drill by now. I am Jessica Powers and this is Brief Tapes. Up this week is the wonderful Laura Webster, taking you through everything you want or need to know about liability orders, business rate relief for charities and the Supreme Court's decision in London Borough of Merton and Nuffield Health. For more from Laura and indeed me, and given International Women's Day is just around the corner, you might want to check out our IWD episode from a couple of years ago, particularly if you're interested in the history of women at the bar. Over to you, Laura. Hello, my name is Laura Webster, and this podcast is on the topic of business rates in relation to charities. This podcast builds on the podcast of myself and James Davies from 2021 on the topic of business rate relief and liability orders. The focus of this podcast is the Supreme Court's decision last year in the case of London Borough of Merton Council and Nuffield Health, which concerned business rate relief for charities. A fun fact that I came across while reading the judgment is that local authority rates are the oldest tax in continuous existence in England and were originally introduced in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I by the Poor Relief Act of 1601. Anyway, back to business rates and a quick review of business rates, liability orders, business rate relief for charities and the requirements in order to qualify as a charity. So first, business rates are a local tax paid to the local council by occupiers for all non-domestic and business properties. Business rates represent a significant cost for businesses which can quickly mount if unpaid. I often find myself in the winding up court representing councils that are petitioning for the winding up of companies which have failed to pay business rates, often for several years, and have also failed to pay the liability orders which the councils have obtained. With regards to those liability orders, these are obtained in the magistrates' courts, with a ratepayer being summonsed and, if liability is disputed, a trial being ordered. If a ratepayer does not answer the summons, then a liability order is made. With regards to setting these liability orders aside, magistrate courts have an inherent power to set aside a liability order made by their own court, as held in Liverpool City Council and Claroma Distribution Limited. However, the exercise of a power to set aside a liability order is exceptional. In addition to there being a genuine and arguable dispute, the court must be satisfied that the order was made as a result of a substantial procedural error defect or mishap, and the application for the order to be set aside was made promptly after the defendant learned that it had been made or had noticed that an order might have been made. With regards to business rate relief for charities, Section 43.5 and 43.6a of the Local Government Finance Act 1988 provides a mandatory 80% relief from business rates where the ratepayer is a charity or trustees for a charity and the hereditament are wholly or mainly used for charitable purposes, then in brackets, whether of that charity or of that and other charities, close brackets. As for requirements in order to qualify as a charity, Section 1A of the Charities Act 2011 requires that a charity is an institution established for charitable purposes only, i.e. all the purposes of a charity must be charitable. It must have been established for exclusively charitable purposes. For a purpose to be charitable under the Charities Act 2011, it must fall within one of the descriptions listed at Section 3.1 of the 2011 Act, and it must also be for the public benefit. With regards to the listed descriptions at Section 3.1, this includes the advancement of health or the saving of lives, 
which is relevant in the case of the London Borough of Met Council and Nuffield Health. With regards to the public benefit requirement, this has two aspects in English charity law. First is the nature of a purpose being for the public benefit, and second is the scope of a purpose being for the public benefit. As to the latter aspect, the scope of a purpose or purposes, it is a requirement that the specified benefit be available to a sufficient section of the public, so that the provision is for a public as opposed to a private purpose. For example, it should not exclude those of modest means. As to scope and the inclusion of those whom are rich, for example, it was stated by Lord Magnaton in the case of Income Tax Special Purposes Commissioners and Pemsel from 1891, that trust for the advancement of education or religion and other trusts beneficial to the community are not the less charitable in the eye of the law because incidentally they benefit the rich as well as the poor as indeed every charity that deserves the name must do either directly or indirectly. In addition, it's worth noting that Section 37.1 of the Charities Act 2011 states that an institution is, for all purposes other than rectification of a register, conclusively presumed to be or to have been a charity at any time when it is or was on the register. So turning now to the decision of the Supreme Court last summer, in the case of London Borough of Merton Council and Nuffield Health. This case was decided by the Supreme Court, which comprised of Lord Briggs, Kitchen, Sales, Hamblin and Leggett. And they were all asked to decide whether Nuffield Health was entitled to the mandatory 80% relief in respect to its members-only gym, known as Merton Abbey Gym. Nuffield Health is a registered charity which operates 31 hospitals, 112 fitness and wellbeing centres, five medical centres and over 200 further gyms and health assessment facilities in workplaces across the UK. Nuffield Health's purpose, stated in its Memorandum of Association, is to advance, promote and maintain health and health care of all descriptions and to prevent, relieve and cure sickness and ill health of any kind or for the public benefit. In its appeal to the Supreme Court, Merton Council took the view that the requirement used for charitable purposes in the Local Government Finance Act 1988 should be applied to the particular hereditament in question as a separate use from the use of any other hereditament by the charity. The particular hereditament must, viewed on its own, satisfy all the statutory conditions for qualifications as charitable, including the public benefit requirement. It was Merton Council's case that viewed on its own, Merton Abbey Gym failed to qualify as being used for charitable purposes because the fees being charged to its members were set at a level which excluded those of modest means from enjoying the gym facilities. In April 2019, the standard membership fee was £80 per month or £71 per month for those who committed to a longer period. Nuffield Health challenged the stance of London Borough of Merton Council and Nuffield Health was successful at first instance in the High Court and by a majority in the Court of Appeal. It was Nuffield Health's case that the requirement that the hereditament be used for charitable purposes meant that it must be a place, and in the case of a multi-site charity, one of the places, where the charitable purposes or purposes are fulfilled. 
or, while not relevant on the facts, a place where an activity sufficiently closely connected with the fulfilment of those charitable purposes takes place. At first instance, and in the Court of Appeal, it was held that sections 43.5 and 43.6a did not require the question whether the hereditament was used for charitable purposes to be decided by reference to the activities carried on at that particular site alone. At first instance, Stuart Isaacs, Casey, also held that even if viewed separately from the rest of Nuffield Health's activities, the activities at Merton Abbey Gym, viewed on their own, did not exclude persons of modest means and thus satisfied the public benefit condition of charitable status. However, the Court of Appeal unanimously reversed its second finding and the Supreme Court did not need to make a decision on this alternative point. Let's turn now to the Supreme Court's decision. The Supreme Court unanimously dismissed Merton Council's appeal and held that Nuffield Health used Merton Abbey for its charitable purposes and was therefore entitled to the 80% relief from business rates. In its judgment, the Supreme Court confirmed the following principles. That the provision of benefits to the rich members of the section of the public may be as charitable as the provision of those benefits to the poor is of general application save to purposes which are specifically for relief of the poor. It also confirmed the need to consider the activities of a charity overall to see whether, in the absence of a decisive constitution, its purposes are exclusively charitable, and thus whether the public benefit requirement is satisfied. For example, where a body operates from a large number of sites, the question of whether provision for the poor is only token or de minimis cannot be answered by looking at only one of the sites where the provision is made for the poor, or only at the site or sites where no such provision is made. Crucially, with regards to Section 43.6, the Supreme Court held that it imposes two conditions for relief. The first stage of inquiry is whether the ratepayer is or is not a charity. If a ratepayer is a registered charity, then that is the end of the first stage inquiry. If it is not registered as a charity, then the question is determined by reference to its constitution and or if there is no constitution or the constitution is inclusive by a review of its activities and the purposes they serve, looked at overall, including an assessment of whether the public benefit requirement is satisfied. The second stage of the inquiry is that the hereditament be used wholly or mainly for charitable purposes. And this second stage only arises if the ratepayer is a charity or trustees for a charity. The charitable purposes for which the hereditament must be used are not charitable purposes generally, but the charitable purposes of that charity or of that and other charities. The Supreme Court observed that the explanatory words in brackets, whether of that charity or of that and other charities, made that clear beyond question. Therefore, the second stage of inquiry about the purposes for which the hereditament is used is not whether the purposes of a ratepayer are charitable, as if it is a charity, it can only pursue charitable purposes. Rather, the inquiry is whether the hereditament is in fact being used for the necessarily charitable purposes of the charity, or it's being used for other activities lawfully carried on by the charity which do not directly serve those purposes in which case the close connection test is applied. For example, if the activities being carried on at the hereditament are not wholly or mainly in pursuit of a charity's purposes, for instance because the activities are to use for property for investment or fundraising, then the test in section 43.6 would not be satisfied. 
The first stage of the inquiry is a matter of charity law and can be assisted by registration and for presumption in Section 37.1 of the Charities Act 2011. However, the second stage of the inquiry as to whether the hereditament is wholly or mainly used for charitable purposes is a matter of fact of whether the actual use of the hereditament is wholly or mainly for the fulfilment of the charities and necessarily charitable purposes, or where it is not directly in fulfilment of those purposes, whether the close connection test is satisfied. As to their reasoning, the Supreme Court stated that their conclusion flows simply and directly from the words used once it is understood that a charity cannot have non-charitable purposes, but can carry on other intravirus incidental activities, such as fundraising, head office management, investment and provision of staff accommodation. Further, the interpretation was considered by the Supreme Court b. consistent with the general law of charity, which assesses whether a body's purposes are charitable by looking at its purposes and activities overall, not on a site-by-site basis. And also, the interpretation was considered to serve the statutory objective of providing a generally simple, predictable and consistent answer to the question whether a charity ratepayer should have relief from business rates, depending upon its sole or main use or prospective use of a hereditament. It was observed that the question of whether the purpose or purposes are fulfilled by the sole or main use of a hereditament would not require the rating authority to don the cloak of the charity commission or the robe of a chancery judge to decide whether those purposes are charitable. In addition, it was observed that there was no indication in section 43.6 that it be interpreted on a counterfactual basis as opposed to the actual facts i.e. that the particular site was the only site of a charity, which in actuality may be untrue. The Supreme Court reviewed the authorities on Section 43 of the Local Government Finance Act 1988 and its predecessors and equivalents, and concluded that they indicate that in order to qualify for relief under the statutory formula, the hereditament must be wholly or mainly used directly for activities which constitute the carrying out of the charitable purposes of the charity, or by a modest extension, for activities which directly facilitate or are wholly ancillary to the carrying out of those purposes, which is often referred to as the connection test. For example, housing provided for nurses working at a hospital, which is run as a charity. However, on the particular facts, the Supreme Court held that the activities carried on at Merton Abbey Gym were in any case directly for fulfilment of its charitable purposes and thus the extension of the test did not need to be turned to. It should be noted that in another case, Public Safety Charitable Trust and Milton Keynes Council from 2013, in the High Court it was decided that the extent of the use, as well as its purpose, is central to deciding whether use is wholly or mainly for charitable purposes. In the case of Public Safety Charitable Trust and Milton Keynes, The charity had installed a small wireless transmitter and transmitting equipment in otherwise empty premises. And this was being used by the charity to provide free wireless internet access and to broadcast messages on crime prevention and public safety to mobile phones. This was considered by the High Court not to be sufficient use to merit business rate relief. That brings me to the end of this episode of Brief Tapes. I hope you have found it a useful summary of a decision in the London Borough of Merton Council and Nuffield Health. Thank you very much for listening and I hope that you found that useful and enjoyable in equal parts. 
The next episode will feature James Davis and Justin Perring discussing some of the company law issues that arise in the context of family businesses. So until then, goodbye.